75 years ago, months after the surrender of the Germans in Europe. The Second World War raged on for the British Army in the Far East. In Burma, Sri Lanka, India, Thailand, Malaysia, the Philippines and Singapore, the British and Commonwealth campaign in the Far East was the longest of the Second World War. It involved 2.5 million troops, yet these men are often overlooked. Their commander, First Viscount William Slim, said, When you go home, don't worry about what you have to tell your loved ones and friends about your service in Asia. No one will know where you were and what you did. You will remain the forgotten army. Around 300,000 in the Far East become prisoners of war. Of these 300,000, 100,000 of the POWs died as prisoners long before the war had ended. These prisoners suffered unimaginable treatment in camps with severe food rations and disease. Torture and execution were commonplace. Despite their weakened state, many of them were forced to construct the now infamous Death Railway at a cost of more than 12,000 allied lives. One man for every railway sleeper laid. The Japanese surrender came in August 1945 following the devastating use of the first atomic bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Back home in the UK, as victory was announced, thousands gathered in the rain to watch King George VI and the Queen drive down the Mall in an open-top open carriage. Buildings all over London were floodlit. Throngs of people crowded the streets in every town and city to celebrate. Soldiers even formed the conga line down Regent Street, but many of those that fought and suffered in the Far East wouldn't arrive home till well after the victory celebrations were over. Many prisoners of war had to wait months for ships to bring them back home, and some Allied troops wouldn't return to the UK for nearly two years after it was over. 75 years later, we remember them all. Hello Stuart. Hello. So, although we do record this in the evenings, so it is a good evening, it goes out on... It's a good night. It's a good night, it's very late actually. We've, we've literally come down to the wire on this one. And we don't usually leave it this late. But, um, it is VEJ Day. I was going to say VE then. Mm. They nearly made it true, mm. what they were saying. So, it is VJ Day. The 15th of August. Two hours. And, um, but it wasn't actually the 15th of August when they actually surrendered. It was the 14th, but with the time difference and yeah. the news getting out there, it was the 15th in the UK when the news got out. I think a PM broke it like midnight. Midnight, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, the fence. 
And uh, it obviously says in that opening monologue that the, the king and queen drove down the mall in an open top carriage to cheering, cheering crowds. But they were actually on their way to the opening of parliament. It happened to coincide with the... So that could be why the PM left it until 12 o'clock. Mm. So he would get that sort of reaction from um, for the king and queen, um, George the Sixth. So it was that uh, it was the opening parliament. So they were heading that way anyway. But <laughs> hey, two birds, one stone. Yeah, that's it. You know, people got to see the, the king and queen um, on that day. And contrary to the first Viscount Slim's comments on. You know they would be the forgotten soldiers they aren't because here we are 75 years later celebrating celebrating essentially the end of the world war although fighting still went on for months afterwards mm-hmm. obviously the word didn't get round the japanese didn't check the email <laughs> they didn't check the email well that was another thing that happened on the actual <laughs> morning people went to work as normal because there was no Facebook or email or you know people don't check the phones as soon as they op- open their eyes in 1945 they have yeah. to wait till they get a paper you know <laughs> so people didn't realise there was two days of national holidays until they got to work somewhere <laughs> and the mates told them oh isn't that oh. ironic <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously people in the UK celebrated the soldiers that had probably come back from Europe if they hadn't been deployed out to the Far East, they would have celebrated, um, like conga lines down Regent Street. That's insane and it's cool. Uh, but they miss all of that. They, and that's maybe the bit they, you know, they've forgotten. They've forgotten in that sense because yeah. you know it did take months mm. and so in some cases years for them to get back. And they would they'd be sat on in in sort of port towns across the Far East. You know, still on very basic rations. Still, you know, they were still quite a few of them um, died from disease before they even got back um, and when we obviously when we came back from our operational tours um, we, it, there, there was there was no end of the war was there you know it, it in fact there's been no official end of you know well, they call there it is, there is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like there wasn't, you know, Not a like nuclear that, no. explosion to go boom. That's and that's the end of that. You know, um, the the modern day war seemed to to drag on, and um, so there wasn't that. Although I know when I come back, although there was a tiny little celebration of a few people outside the house, I didn't really want it. I just wanted to be, I wanted to be left to just for a bit of normality that's what I wanted that's hmm. that little bit of let me just put the telly on you know let me make a cup of tea with yeah. a with a normal kettle you know fair one I had nothing when I come back is just yeah welcome back job done go to the pub and meet the boys <laughs> and with the army boys or your civvy mates no civvy mates yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, I don't know what I was expecting but uh, I did, yeah there was nothing yeah you know <laughs> There was, there was a few balloons and balloons for me. Yeah. Popular guy, I am. <laughs> it was, yeah, with me mum. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, it was your mum, wasn't it? Yeah, it was me mum who did it. Good old Mrs. Cooper. So, a 
can't imagine what it would have been like to be one of them one of them soldiers you hear that the war's over that's it you know we, we must be shipping out we must be going home and they go no actually we've now got to secure this land or we've now got prisoners of war because a lot of the japanese would have been soldiers would have been displaced in these places you know what i mean yeah a lot of them didn't give up because they didn't get them you know they didn't get the memo um that the war was over there was unrest then in the area um in places like korea and sri lanka and and um I was going to say the Maldives, not the Maldives. Um, in um, Malaya, you know, where they took the opportunity of their, you know, they were controlled by the Dutch, who were displaced by the Nazis. So they took the opportunity to, you know, rise up in and rebel against them. So that that happened as well. So little things like that meant that the soldiers had to continue to, to fight. Yeah, it sucks. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really does. But and they weren't like they weren't just British. You know, you, you had a lot of Commonwealth soldiers: Fijians, Tongans, Indians, um, Australians, and obviously Australia were heavily involved in in the fighting over there. Um, Australia was bombed over a hundred times. Darwin was the main city that they sort of targeted, but they also sent mini subs into Sydney Harbour to, you know, and, and that may be taught in sort of schools in Australia, but it's certainly not no, it spoke about heavily in, 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 you know, when I was growing up uh, and, and what we learn about the world. Well, we learn, you know, when you're in a kid in school and obviously my, my eldest has, has recently done it. They talk about the evacuees, the kids being evacuated out to the uh, the countryside. And where we live is actually an area where they used to evacuate them. So they'd end up going to the local schools and stuff like that. Um, and, and in a way, Euro, the European side of World War Two does seem to get more press than the um, than the you know the Far East and the Japanese side of the um, of the war. I don't know why it is, because it's still vitally important. You know, if if they hadn't gone and defeated the Japanese, you know, they'd already taken most of China, Korea, Sri Lanka, Malay. They were working their way down to Australia. They didn't. They had a had a little uh, agreement with the Russians. Um, there was no there was no sort of back and forth with the Russians. They left Russia alone. Um, until 90 days before the end of the war, Russia decided to, to get involved and um, not turn against them, but join the sort of Allied forces and had moved a million men from Europe over through Russia to to the, uh, the east to start fighting. So you had battle-hardened soldiers going up against... Japanese soldiers who may have been in the sort of the the border regions not doing a great deal, you know. Um, a million of them. Yeah, a million soldiers they they transported from one side of, of Russia to the other to uh, to fight, and, and you know, and that's how you know the, the Russians ultimately, you know, if you've watched any of the the, the movies, even things like uh, Enemy at the Gate, they they pile in the numbers don't they yeah. usually send two with one rifle i think was uh, oh, the, the opening scene yeah yeah, yeah. insane and, and really good snipers yeah good job yeah imagine that though 
Going over the top with no rifle. I'm waiting for the guy in front of you to get shot so you pick up his rifle and go. Yeah. It's it's not how yeah. I'd want to fight a war. Imagine that. No. 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 No thanks. I want to go over it with my own rifle. I don't even want to go over now. Yeah, I'm, with, yeah. I'm quite happy to sit here. You can come get me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm talking, I'll stay here. Yeah. But yeah, no rifle. Nothing. No gear yeah. at all. Nothing. No body yeah. armor or nothing. Yeah, that was the other thing. Like, yeah, the amount of. And they'd shoot medics. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, just for. Well. Just because they could. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a tactic to shoot a wounded soldier to attract other soldiers to. That's sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, to, to then, you know, take out four or five of them. Yeah. You know, it's. War is, is crazy. Hell. War, yeah, war is hell. <laughs> it, really, it really is. But in these conflicts, you know, um, you do get the prisoners of war. And obviously, if we'd have been taking prisoners of war in Iraq, there was it just didn't exist. Although we took uh, Iraqi prisoners, and obviously that's been well documented, that there had been sort of mistreatment, mm-hmm. not by the British. Because I, you know... Um, it, I, you know, I was involved in um, operations to, you know, to pick up, you know, yeah. possible insurgents uh, and bring them in for question. And where we held them and everything, they were all held, you know, we, we did it, you know, in the most humane manner. Professional. Yeah, 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 it was it was professionally how we did it. Um, although the Daily Mail at the time did publish that story of the uh, Iraqi being abused that turned out to be fake pictures. Um, oh, the Guantanamo Bay stuff. Like no, they remember the one that was in the back of a Bedford? The, and there was a soldier, it, it looked like someone was being pissed on by a soldier. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, it was in the Daily Mirror. Piers Morgan was the bloody editor at the time, so you can... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can take from that what you will. But... Um, Obviously, we got a bit of a well, not a bit. We got a massive backlash from that when that when it happened, and we were out there. In fact, they used that paper as a marker, um, so when vehicles went past, they knew that, that that's when they had to press the detonator on a on a switch to set off an explosion. <laughs> and obviously, when we investigated the area, that's we found the marker was that newspaper. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So they know what they're doing. So, but obviously over there there was three thousand, three no, not three thousand, three hundred thousand prisoners of war. Yeah. And they weren't treated in any way humanely. Um, they were kept well out of the way, jungle locations, hard to escape from, and then made to work. Obviously, the death railway. Um, Twelve thousand sleepers for every sleeper that was laid. You know. It's way more than it. Is it twelve thousand? I don't know. Like, I can't remember what the distance is on that track. But it'd have to be more than that. Yeah, it was insane. Like, but yeah, the, the picture one sleeper for one person. Yeah, is yeah. Well, you, the the way they treated the British, whether you were an officer or a, or a private, they they, they no, there they was no favoritism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You looked at them wrong one way. You got a bought of a rifle. You 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 squared up to them or anything like that, and that's it. It was it was your death warrant. It really was that. that yeah, it's four hundred and fifteen kilometers long. That's how long the railway is. Yeah, two hundred and fifty-eight miles. And all built by POWs. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then the um, obviously the famous film is the bridge over the River Kwai. Um, now, 
the the film obviously um for Hollywood dramatizes it a little bit, but there is there is soldiers' accounts out there that said, you know, there was no no nice women wandering around the jungle. We didn't see women. That our our uniforms had literally rotted off us from from the the, the wet. Our boots were gone. We would be barefoot. Um, Hundred thousand people died yeah. during the construction of the railway. In excess of yeah, of a hundred thousand people. Is this just and we, what's that on? Is that on um, a country trip or something? It's like all the facts and all that. Oh, right. But um, it just says when it began and like it consisted of over 250,000 people, Southeast Asians and 60,000 POWs. Mental numbers, like. Yeah, yeah. And they were given minimum food. Um, if any of them were a, a, a sort of a doctor, they would use them doctors to, to treat them, but they would, didn't give them anything to treat them with. You know, it was literally yeah. the doctors knew if they had malaria or cholera that they were, they were going to die, and, and they moved them away from the rest of the men to try and save some of them. Some of, them, some of the men went like stir crazy, like to the point where other POWs had to control them, had to build, they had to build like makeshift mini mini prison cells to, to yeah. put them in to try and control them and contain them yeah um, they yeah. slept in like wooden wooden huts with, with leaves over the over the top it, you know horrific, horrific yes. conditions the the you know the ablutions were a hole in the ground you know yeah, and you'd be you'd have cuts on your feet you'd be walking over you know pissing shit you'd end up getting infections in it they were taking the maggots off you know dead things to eat the flesh you know the dead flesh try and try and, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. to try and clean their own wounds it's it's absolutely insane that's barbaric isn't it? it's just yeah but there was still a resilience in them they were still when they were building the bridge over the Rukai, they weren't like when they were mixing the concrete they were making it very poorly you know enough that it would it, it would yeah, yeah but enough still that sabotaging it, it yeah, yeah yeah they were still trying to sabotage it strong yeah. enough but weak enough yeah, yeah 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 strong enough to look like they were doing enough but weak enough that if it after time it would just crumble and, and fall yeah. into the river so there's still that that sort of dogged sort of soldier you won't, it, yeah. yeah yeah you won't you know you won't get me down sort of you bastards we're still fighting yeah yeah and they, and they moved the prisoners of war around and they used these ships these container ships um to move them around and they used to put them in the hold um, and you'd, they'd be in these holes with no food, no water, no light. It'd be completely pitch black. Soldiers would go actually, actually stir crazy in these, you know, these things. And they, but they wouldn't wouldn't mark them up as POW ships or Red Cross ships. So they were then getting torpedoed by sort of American submarines, and and lots of POWs died that that way. You know, the death ships. That's what the, the POWs called mm-hmm. them because they didn't want to. They didn't want to be in them. You know what I mean? How bad the, the the jungle was, you know, to be in one of them ships was was even even worse than them. And they were going to get transported to another camp and another, you know, group of um, of soldiers who were just equally as as brutal. Um, one of the stories I heard is the way they used to sort of, if someone got out of line, apart from absolutely beating you know beating their crap out of them, they would tie vines around their hand. Uh, their ankles and their um, wrists and put the stakes in the ground and the vines would be wet but as the sun rose and it dried it would stretch and literally pull their their, their arms from the sockets just that, you know where they come up with that isn't it? Um, it yeah just completely brutal brutal um, torture and obviously the POW camps in Europe were just 
you know where you know yeah. I think the greatest escape is, uh, is is obviously made for Hollywood and stuff like that because there was still brutal brutality going on in them in them camps as well. Um, as bad yeah. as it gets in it, that's the thing. Like. Yeah, well, these POW camps in 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 the jungles didn't have didn't have fences or gates or anything. You just didn't run away. You know what I mean? Because you didn't know where you were going or how far you were going or the chase and shoot you anyway. You know? Yeah. You'd run straight into a Japanese another Japanese patrol. And of course they they were they were all over they were all over um, the area they really were quite a, a formidable force obviously the Germans had blitzkrieg Europe but they were you know they were doing the same in Asia now where they fell down the the Italians the Germans and the uh, the Japanese is they they didn't really communicate well with each other they just le well left themselves to their own devices which ultimately led to the Japanese bombing Pearl Harbor. And bringing in the, the sleeping giant, you know, yeah. bringing the Americans into the war, which ultimately was their their downfall. Um, Britain had held on, um, but I think it was a welcome relief when, when oh, yeah, the Americans yeah. and and the 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 Australians, although were a British sort of um, part of the Commonwealth, also went to the Americans for support. And then the American leader. Um, for the area, I can't think of his name. He ended up situating himself in Australia. So there's Australian Prime Minister and the the, the commander of the um, American forces in the Pacific ended up working quite close together to to, to defeat them. <laughs> Fair play to them because they because they did it. Yeah. Now how they did it? Obviously, millions of men were used, but the big one or the little boy as it's called yeah, it was obviously on the 6th of August they dropped the first nuclear bomb on Hiroshima you reckon that's the first one yeah yeah that is the first one Hiroshima yeah. and then Nagasaki three days later which ultimately led to the Japanese going okay we don't need the third no yeah that's it now there's obviously we've had enough <laughs> yeah 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 it's obviously talked that the Americans could have possibly done it another way, but how many more, you know, men yeah. needed to die? But also, they'd plan, planned an operation called Operation uh, Downfall, which was basically a plan to bomb most Japanese cities with, you know, the normal bombers just lacing the places with, with HE and explosive charges and stuff like that, which could have killed millions and millions and millions of civilians and it's you know it's always civil the civilians that come out worse in in, oh, in war um but the uh the estimated death toll for the atomic bombs is you know 140 to 240,000 people <laughs> but i think that was on on ignition like on the day yeah. you know what I mean? since then there's obviously still, the no. radiation is still knocking around you know um I'm still, I reckon there's still probably people that are um, suffering and families that are suffering and, you know. It's mental numbers and it's just like a poof, done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, like, so 140, was that the Millennium Stadium filled twice? What's that? It was like, yeah, it was like 80, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit. So, yeah. So, match day boom. Twice, match that's day the boom. lowest there. Yeah, and that's the lowest estimate. Yeah. Yeah, Jeez. that's one hundred and forty is bigger than 
that's bigger than the British Army. In fact, it's two times bigger than the British Army. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, tell you, yeah. that's the sort of thing. Just to put it into like, yeah. perspective. Yeah. And obviously, mental. it didn't discriminate. That is men, women, and children. You know? Just gone. Evapor like evaporated. Like nuclear blasts. Do not mess around. No. Nothing left. Just leveled. Like. Yeah. So, that, um, so that was the end of it then, you know, uh, and obviously the soldiers had to wait to come home and the celebrations happened in, 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 um, in the, in the UK and America, um, and out of, out of the conflict, you know, stories start evolving of, um, of heroes, uh, and people who have done acts of valor. And one particular story has sort of stood out to me, and that is for uh, an officer, a Lieutenant William Basil Weston, who uh, who won the Victoria Cross for his action uh, in Burma. So this is basically the uh, the story behind it. Weston, who was a 21 year old, now you need to just bear that bit in mind. This is a guy <laughs> who is 21. Uh, I can't imagine a 21 year old I can't imagine a 21 outside the military I reckon there's probably lads in the military but outside the military there's not many 21 year olds who would you know do this he was in the Green Howard Regiment um, which was a proud sort of Yorkshire regiment amalgamated uh, it's been amalgamated a few times now and, and would be part of the rifles. If I'm wrong on that, you can, you know, send me a message. I'm not a hundred percent, but I think that's we wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was attached at the time to the West Yorkshire Regiment, the first battalion, and during the Second World War uh, is when the following deed took place, and he was awarded the VC on March the third, nineteen forty-five, during the attack on. Good luck. Oh, here we go. I'm I'm not great with place names. Mike Mike Tiller in Burma. Lieutenant Watson. Weston. What sorry, Lieutenant Weston was commanding the platoon, which together with the rest of the company were clearing the area of a town of the enemy. So we've both done um we've both done Obua. Operations of built-up areas or Fibua fighting mm. the built-up areas. What's the, what's the? I think there's another word for it. Um, I don't. I can't think. Fibua and Obua. Yeah, Fibua and Obua are the are the main two. So, but it's operations of built-up areas. When I was, um, when we, you know, when we were in Iraq, I was in Basra City. We did operations in built-up areas, and we did fighting in built-up areas as well. <laughs> um, when. Anyway, back to the story. In the face of fanatical opposition, and the Japanese were that fanatical, he led his men superbly, encouraging them to go from one bunker position to the next. Now, I think you need to bear in mind that the Japanese have been there a while now. Oh, they were well in, weren't they? Yeah, they were well built in. The bunkers were well fortified. They knew exactly what they were doing. They would have had probably covering arcs of fire. So that means that each bunker position would support 
the other bunker positions. So going to clear bunkers, and we've done that plenty of times, um, is not is not an easy task. And you you know you're likely to to lose. You you know people will get get injured. Um, back to the back to the story. When he came to the last particularly well defended bunker, he fell wounded at the entrance. So he's at the front, he's leading the charge, you know, he's, his men are, are, you know, they're well, they must be well behind him, you know, he, the, well, you know, if your officer's up there leading the charge, you know what I mean, you've got a good officer. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Back to the story, knowing that his men wouldn't be able to catch, ca capture the position without hesitant casualties, he pulled the pin on one of his grenades and lay there on the ground, deliberately blowing himself up and the occupants of the bunker. <laughs> Insane. Which blows my mind. And his. Jesus. Yeah. To have the wear of it all when, when you've been wounded already, to know that you're going to lose more men and then to sacrifice yourself. This is where all the training goes, isn't it? Because like I said... It's, it when it's all going off, it's insane, but it's sort of like, I don't know, you can sort of think through it, can't you? You know what I mean? You're a bit more prepared for it. It's not out of the norm, so you're sort of like, you're aware of what's going on. Like, Yeah, yeah. You're not just like frantically panicking as... Yeah, yeah. And, the, yeah, the bit that got me, he was, he was wounded, so he was already on the ground, you know what I mean? In bits. And then still went, you know what? You're, not, it, you're not getting any more of my guys. This is it. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking you all with me. Hmm. You know, <laughs> absolute. Like Just, when when they say you know it has to be an act of valor, that is it. That's unquestionable. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? So he's posthumously, posthumous, posthumous. Say it. Posthumously. Yeah, that as well. <laughs> awarded the Victoria Cross, <laughs> and most of the Victoria Crosses are actually awarded after the person that has done the act of Bella, you know, has died doing it. Yeah. The um the Victoria Cross is the highest honour that any soldier uh that any soldier can win. Mad. Um the actual um award that was founded in eighteen fifty six um, has only ever been given out 1,358 times. Now, if you think the amount of wars and battles that have gone on since then for it to be only given out that many times, because it's a very strict criteria to, to, to win it, you know, and it has to be witnessed. Um, what blows my mind is the fact that three people have won it twice. Yeah. <laughs> so... Mental. So not, you know, they haven't committed an act of valor once that would get them this award. They've done it twice. Two of them are surgeons as well. Just, yeah. How do you get it twice? Like, and it's just... Yeah, yeah. And I think in the future we will um, we'll probably look into the, the medal and, and honor system that, that we have and into some of the individuals and the stories that they've done um, 
to receive these awards. I've been to the uh, the uh, not the history museum, the Imperial War Museum in London, where the Ashcroft collection is, and you can go round and you can read. You know the story. Their medals are there, like he's yeah, yeah, and with the with the, uh, the George Cross medals, um, they're all there, and you can read. Um, you're not allowed to take pictures in there, but huh? yeah, you're not allowed to take pictures of them. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, well, you're not allowed to take pictures of the security looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> How many pictures you got? Yeah, <laughs> um, the uh, and, and most of the medals as well are actually given out by the monarch of the. The monarch of the time. That's you know. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Absolute legend of a of a twenty one year old leader of men. Twenty one. There's no age, is it? Like? Yeah. It's insane. But his medal's on like permanent loan in it to well, who's the amalgamate now? The rifles, is it? Or I suppose it's the M Museum, is it? Or um, it may it may be in the um, the Greenhouse have a museum. Oh, it'd be there. It's then. in it's in uh, Richmond. Yeah, in, it's on uh, permanent loan to the Greenhouse Museum and uh, yeah. the DC is in there. Like. Yeah, in, is it Richmond? Uh, is Richmond next to Catrick? Yeah, it's a town here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, go I think that's where I think that's where it is. Man, mm. don't it's just like yeah, yeah. It is William's medal was placed on permanent loan at the Green Howard Museum in Richmond, two thousand one. By his nephew. By his nephew, yeah. Yeah. Basil. So um, Basil. if you're uh, if you're in Catrick and you're listening, and you get a day off, then you get a day off. <laughs> yeah, this um, this not for the the infantry soldiers who are training there. This is more for the uh, the permanent base soldiers. <laughs> you know, if you're infantry training there, you don't want to go looking. You ain't oh, getting a day off. Yeah, yeah, you ain't getting a day off. Good luck with your day off. So, VJ Day celebrations. Have you made any plans yet? No, the street has. I think yeah, I think it's your all street has definitely. They've, it's all bannered up. Yeah, yeah, insane. they've gone to town. Yeah, um, it's my, ribbons and everything. Else. My street hasn't. Yeah. My street really hasn't. They haven't. They haven't really done anything yet. Um, VJ Day was everywhere, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And you know, and I, me included, um, I. Um, I'm helping out with a jiu-jitsu class in the morning. Nice. Um, but I've got the pleasure of picking my wife up from work at 7 o'clock after she's done a 12-hour shift, so I won't be drinking until, you know, till I get home. But I will certainly be raising the glass. I'll, you know, get out the finest whiskey and I'll raise a glass then. Definitely. Defo, hundred percent, and de- definitely one for uh, William Weston. You know, mental, absolutely awesome story. On it's just yeah, like yeah. twenty one. You just don't expect it at all, would you? Like, and the the you know, I've got I have got a book, um, up and it has all the stories of the Ashcroft collection. Yeah, so I'm have to dig that out. I've read it before. Um, the one of the recipients. Who, who received it twice? Is from was from Liverpool, hmm. um, Ch- Chivers. Yeah, and uh, and uh, when I'm slightly digressing, but it's kind of linked. Um, 
we were up in Liverpool and um, Mary's brother was filming an advert up there and we used the TA barracks to, to have lunch and it was it, it was called Cheever's Barracks. Yeah. Yeah, so. Anyway, so I hope everyone has a good um, VE day, a good celebration. Have a drink for the guys who didn't come back. Have a drink for, for the guys who did come back and probably didn't uh, get the uh, opportunity uh, to celebrate like everyone else did. Yeah. And, and uh, coming home, like I said, everyone celebrated out and you've been over there months after. And it's just like, yeah. You want to go for a beer and everyone's skin, you know? <laughs> Already partied up. Yeah, yeah. Every, you know, because they were still on rations and stuff like that. Mental. <laughs> I bet there was a lot of home brew, though, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had a. I've been introduced to a lady this week. Uh, and a big shout out to Jenny Cook, who I used to work with, who's put me in um, contact with uh, a charity who um, who want to help, who want to, you know, who want to come on the uh, the podcast. So I'm not going to say who it is. I'll, you know, I'll let them come on and explain who they are. But um, the podcast is moving. Um, quite rapidly with uh, people getting involved and, and wanting to help and, and hearing about what we do and you know and raising awareness and although we um, we have different stories and topics the ultimate aim of the podcast is to raise awareness of uh, mental health the mental health issues of the soldiers that would have come back from you know from Europe and from um, the Far East it wouldn't have been recognised like they are now um, and I know there's many issues out there with you know many veterans have many problems. There is support out there. There is charities out there, and, and we'll continue to sort of highlight them and and bring people on to um, to talk about them. So look look forward to uh, to more sort of stuff in that in that direction as well um, with help and support. Uh, no guests this week. We still haven't found Colin. Nobody's seen Colin. Yeah, <laughs> we've heard of him, but we've heard no of one's him. seen him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's fine. He's just he's yeah. fine. No one's seen him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's working again. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, we've known Colin a long time. We never heard him work. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll get him on at some point. <laughs> Maybe it's a running theme now. Maybe <laughs> just a running theme. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. Um, another amazing feat. You like what I did there? Another amazing feat that's happened this week. Oh boy! <laughs> is um, Chris Brannigan, uh, a serving soldier, uh, has walked seven hundred miles barefoot uh, to raise awareness um, for a, uh, a a disease that his daughter has. So, hope for Hasty is the is. The charity we've mentioned it before on the podcast when I first heard about it and, and what he was doing, but he's now completed it Land's End across England and all the way up to uh, Edinburgh Castle 700 miles barefoot, so uh, yeah, 700 miles barefoot. And on like on the roads and the heat that we've had this week, his feet must have been melting off. You know, and there is, you know, if you go on on Help for Hasty Facebook, you will see the state his feet were in. 
He was advised to stop, wasn't he? Like, yeah, he yeah. Said, he, you know. Even the, the the night before his final leg, he was in A and E. Um, but the determination it takes for someone to do that. Now, when you're doing it for your child, there is another level of determination. You know, you always want you always want the best for your child. Um. So. Major Brannigan. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I tip my hat to you. You know, I really do. It's it's such an amazing achievement. Uh, and the video of you walking up toward on the cobbles. It's, imagine cobbles as well. Yeah. Cobbles and your feet are, you know, oh. destroyed. Walking up with the pipers playing in the background and um and uh just immense, isn't it? The yeah, yeah, yeah. It has just... to be sort of running out and hugging you. That that welled me up, you know. Yeah. And I'm not usually one that would shed a tear, but that really got me. And I'm and I'm so pleased that you, uh, that you did it. I'm so pleased that you're raising awareness for it. Is I'm so pleased that you, you know, you've well overachieved on the money that you wanted to raise. I've, I've signed the petition that I've now seen. Um, to raise uh, to raise awareness for you know um, I don't can't remember what it's got it's not like unusual diseases um, yeah there's no cure for it at the moment is it yeah yeah and that you know he's trying to get it to a point where it gets brought up in Parliament um, the the effort it must take to do something like that is is unreal it really is and if anyone knows Chris. I'd love to get him on the podcast. I'd love to speak to him, you know? Yeah. He is, you know... Hero. Hero, yeah. yeah. Definitely. 100%. And, uh, you know, fair play to the hotel that put him up and his family up afterwards, you know. Fair play to everyone who's donated. Yeah. You, You really, you know, you really... It's a worthwhile cause, you know, and a, a great achievement. From from you know one man and and uh, I was I've watched loads of videos uh, of it but you know the troops coming out and tabbing with him and um, yeah the pipes and drums when he got to like a garrison coming out of the, to to march him in and stuff like that but the feeling demands like you said morale I bet that yeah proper boost him and just I bet, I bet he needed it though yeah definitely you know because it like 30, 30 to forty miles a day. Mental, yeah, then like 36 days or something. Yeah, like that. I couldn't, like 700 miles. I couldn't do that in trainers, you know, without and he was carrying weight as well. He was carrying and then he'd bash her up at night and stuff like that. So he wasn't going to stay in a nice fancy hotel, you know, yeah. he was sleeping bag and on the side of the road and and boom, up and go again. Mental, um, it's just, yeah, just goes to show what you would do, though, what, yeah, yeah, you know. what and what you can achieve. What you actually can achieve if you really put your mind to it, and you you know the the mental fortitude that, that you, he must have had to just battle through the pain because I guarantee there was pain. I guarantee, oh, and I've seen it. There was glass, yeah. glass on the roads. Um, the roads in Britain, not you know, are relatively clean compared to some countries I've been to, but they're not great. No, you know, like you said, um, the heat as well. The heat. Oh, the heat in the last week. And what you know, I bet he's lost a shitload of weight. Oh, without a doubt. So yeah, so yeah. If anyone does does know Chris, then uh, you know happily, I'd happily, you know, I'd love, be awesome, I'd love to speak to him. 
you know, and just ask him about it and try and raise awareness for, you know, more awareness of what he's doing. If you go onto my Facebook page and I'll link it onto the, uh, the broken veteran podcast page, there's a, there's a petition there to sign as well. Um, and, uh, you know, get, get that signed. So we, it, you know, what he's, what he's trying to achieve can get brought up in the, um, the houses of parliament. You can't ignore that now. No. You walk straight in with that, look. But you've got to get 10,000 signatures. Oh, you smashed it. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's on, well, I, I think it's only come out today, but it's already on like two and a half thousand when I signed it. So I, I would imagine it won't take long for it to get, to oh. get where it needs to be. It's, uh, yeah. It'll smash that. Look. Yeah, yeah. It needs, um, like, I'd say Johnny Mercer, who's the MP for veterans, you know, who's in the ex-military as well. You need someone like him to do it, to, <laughs> to bring it up. Good sport, yeah. yeah. Get Where's it, get it done. All right, speaking of Chris's. Oh, look at that. Speaking of Chris's, see what, see what I did there? See what you did there. Um, I've had a conversation this week with a producer who is going to produce the Chris Ryan podcast is looking very likely the Chris Ryan the Chris Ryan <laughs> yeah not Christopher Ryan the author in America Chris Ryan the SAS hero from the UK that Chris Ryan it's looking like he's going to do a podcast it's looking like the Broken Veteran podcast is going to be on one of their episodes which we're we're you know stoked yeah, to say what buzzing would be an understatement, you know. Swooning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's going to have on, obviously, um, Special Forces guys and <laughs> then us. <laughs> All the cool people. So they have loads of cool people and then we're going to rock up and ruin the party like, like, <laughs> like, like the infantry do in... The Falklands every weekend. <laughs> the RAF are having a great party, and then the residential infantry company rock up and ruin it. And if you've been out to the Falklands, you'll know what I mean. Um, so yeah, that. Once I have any more information on that, we will, we will put it out there. Any opportunity to talk about it? Any opportunity to talk about it. <laughs> It's it's now going to be used every time I want to get someone on the show, you know. <laughs> uh, but it is, you know, it's 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 huge. It's yeah, yeah. We're only twelve. This is twelve. Yeah. This is yeah, this is number twelve, and I didn't think people would listen to this podcast. No, especially thought, people like Christmas. Yeah, it was. Uh, an idea, a concept. We've run, we've run with it, and it's it is starting to sort of kind of take off and go places. So, with that in mind, I need someone who can design a website. I really need someone who can design a website. Not that I couldn't do it, but it's going to take me weeks of looking out how to do it before I can actually, you know, I couldn't do it now. I would have to sort of watch YouTube videos and see how it's done. And if you could do it on crayon, you'd be flooded. Like yeah, yeah. If you know, if it was on paint, you know what I mean. <laughs> on paint, crayon. <laughs> Can't be trusted with paint. No, I meant paint on a laptop. <laughs> you know, if it was if it was that 
you know, if there was that easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if anyone can help out with that, we, you know, I would appreciate you just getting in touch. Point us in the direction. If yeah. Um, we move on to a bit of veteran news then, and uh, it's obviously some sad news coming out of um, the northwest, where a a soldier. Um, or a veteran, sorry, not a soldier, a former soldier, a veteran, um, has been shot by the police. Now, there's different stories going round in different newspapers. They've all seemed to have covered it at some point. I've seen it in the, on the veteran pages. I've seen messages from people who knew him. Uh, he wasn't in a good place. He had severe PTSD and he was... You know, cutting about with a replica. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've seen like airsoft and airsoft. Yeah, an yeah. airsoft rifle. I've seen images of it. It was obviously painted blue, which you know, it made it look more like a kid's toy than it. Than, but it, you know, over than that, it looked pretty authentic. You know, yeah, it looked If you've ever had a weapon leveled at you, all you see is that barrel. You don't. Yeah. You're not looking for distinguishing features on it. Um. So you know the coppers did what the coppers had to do. They they're under rules of engagement. We've me and Stuart have both worked under rules of engagement in you know Northern Ireland and Iraq, and you know the coppers did what they had to do. He's he's obviously in intensive care. Um. It it's he's looking like he he'll come through it. You know, he took two in the, I think, two in the abdomen, uh, and the bullets have been removed by surgeons, and it looks like he pulled through. So I just hope he gets the help and support he now needs um, to to get through this. There's obviously been this year. There's been far too many sort of um, suicides, and I just want to say that the support is out there. Yeah, and sometimes so. people need a nudge in the right direction. Um, whether it's ego, whether it's fear, whether it's you don't want to look, you know, like you're weak. It's not weak to ask for help. It's not weak to say, I have an issue, I have a problem. Uh, I've had to do it in the past. I know all the people have had to do it. And it's easier, it's easier now for me to say it now that I've got through it. But I think if you're a, a mate, Use that buddy buddy system, you know, and get get them the help that they need. You know, I'm I'm at a point in my life that if I feel I've got a problem, I know I've got people to turn to, and if it's not people in the family or fellow veterans, you know, I know there's charities out there, and that's what we're trying to highlight is that there's charities out there. So, um, and just give us a message. We'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're on bloody all the social medias now, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. We're avoiding Snapchat and um, <laughs> TikTok. We're not. TikTok to Wars was the uh, the Tin Man in um, the second Wizard of Oz that you had to wind up. That's the only TikTok. Although I'm, <laughs> I have done a few TikToks. A few. <laughs> I have done a few hundred TikToks. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so there is support out there. Uh, there is people who want to help 
there is veterans who've been through it and are out, out the other side and are better for it. Uh, so, like, so it, it, yeah. there's people like getting in contact with us who have that facility to help people. Where, well, like I said, the, the people are just not coming through the doors. Like, yeah, yeah, they've got surface. The help, they've like. got surface like funds that they need people to come through the doors. Um, and we'll we'll keep on linking them on you know in the in the description for the show. We keep on linking them on the Facebook page on on Instagram, you know, wherever we on Twitter, wherever we can we can link it. We're, we're going to keep on doing it. We're going to keep on we're going to keep on bugging you. And if you are a veteran and need help help out, if you're a friend of a veteran or a, you know a family member, a, a wife, a girlfriend, a you know you're a veteran yourself and you know someone then you know point you know point them in the right direction just google veteran charities there are there are literally hundreds of them out there and they're all willing to help or you know point them our direction and we'll point them in the right well we point them the right right way yeah i'm looking at possibly us getting some sort of um mental health training so we have a better understanding ourselves because all, all we've got is the experience of either having mental health issues or knowing people have had them and what has worked to get them through it. Uh, and the more the more charities and the more people who want to help, who want to come on the website, not on the website, on the podcast, <laughs> and, um, and talk about it, again, more than happy for, yeah, for you to come on, on and have a chat with us. You know, no pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna hit you with any weird questions or anything like that. Um, apart from maybe, what's your favourite war movie? <laughs> you know, and that better be good. You know, <laughs> if anyone says dog soldiers, then I'm I'm That's out. Awesome. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> if you say Heartbreak Ridge, we'll be friends forever. Um, so yeah that's 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 what we're trying to do that's what we're trying to um, achieve yeah, uh, give you a bit of release yeah, yeah the yeah. best and way to combat it is to talk about it and distraction uh, you keep your mind occupied yourself BJJ me yeah. mountain bike um, well we both chat shit yeah I am um, I did a BJJ class last night and believe me for that hour <laughs> and I, it was the beginners class well, here, I went and did the beginners class now I've been doing it for over a year now but sometimes you need to go back and do them fundamentals especially because we haven't done it for months and I need the fitness so I'll get on as many classes as I want it was a beast for that hour I couldn't think of anything except from trying to stop breathing out my ass that's all <laughs> I thought about for a whole hour so you know, I've said it before, if you want to come along to BJJ, if there's a gym near you and you're worried about going in, message them on Facebook. They're all very welcoming. Um, we, you know, we've had, since the gym's open, you know, loads of new lads, loads of new lads, new, you know, veterans coming in and veterans gravitate to veterans, you know, I, you can spot them coming through the door sometimes, yeah. you know, um, and if you come to my gym, you'll spot me because I'm the only one in a green gi. Everyone else is wearing this sort of sort of traditional colours, uh, and obviously the the um, there's a Facebook page for the mountain biking broken veteran MTB. So 
you know, if you're into mountain biking, get on there. Stewie is, you know, a little bit too keen for that. Not good at it. I'm keen at it. I'm oh, yeah, yeah. It. Oh, it's the same with jiu-jitsu, <laughs> man. I'm not good at it. Yeah. I just get strangled a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really do get strangled a lot. Character building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same as running to the naffy to get the bruise when you were, you know, when you were a crow. <laughs> Character building. Shit. So, I think we'll leave it there, mate. Happy days. Uh, hope everyone has a good VJ day. If you're listening to this and VJ day is gone, I hope it wasn't that bad of a hangover. Get it down, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be back. We'll be back next Saturday at nine o'clock as normal. Mm. We'll have a guest on next week, I think. There's plenty of them want to come on. We'll line a few of them up. Get them on it. We'll get chatting to them. And we'll have more Chris Ryan updates. <laughs> <laughs> so, cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. And then, um, speeches all next week. Bye.